And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Donna Dort Donna Dort Donna Dort This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dunk This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dort I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk Hey, this is Kenny Hustle and I'm down to dunk I'm Darius Baisley and I'm down to dunk I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk This is Poku and I'm down to dunk Love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Crackling Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? <laughs> Al, how'd you How's feel? It going? Oh, it's going great, man. You uh, you enjoy that that Knicks game the other night, Andrew? I I might say that that was the best game of the season. Wow, Andrew. Josh, I mean, if, team. if somebody if somebody didn't want to watch the Thunder, understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, understandable. Not yeah. judging them, and they said just pick out a game for me. I almost feel like that's a better game because you know what you, you know what SGA is like. Yeah. They, they've seen SGA. Sure, they they know what Dort is. Yeah, like what you really want to see is like how are the young rookies developing, and what better example than that game against the Knicks? It's the highest of highs there for both and, Trey and, and Giddy. Yeah, you get you get one of Baze's best games just thrown in as a bonus. Yeah, Baze was really good too. He's been good. I mean. I don't I don't know what he's going to be in the NBA long term, but he's looked really good over the last like twenty games. Um, so let's start with Giddy. We got to start with Giddy because that was the type of game that I was hoping for. Yeah. When when SGA got hurt, you know, obviously bummer that SGA got hurt, but one of the upsides is we're going to get to see Josh Giddy running this team. I thought the only other game where we saw something like this, I know he had a triple-double against Chicago, but the Sacramento game, yeah, when he was much more aggressive in terms of scoring, that's the only other game where uh, you really saw like everything. Yep. You saw the passing, you saw the rebounding, you saw the scoring until that Monday night game against the Knicks. And, you know, credit to the Knicks, their defense is terrible. Terrible. Like, awful. Like, I couldn't believe how bad a Tom Thibodeau defense looked because I was watching it back. Evan Fournier was just he was a turnstile. It, it they they have some of the worst vibes in the league. They I, do. Like far. every everyone was just everyone from the Thunder was just taking their turn like <laughs> getting by Evan Fournier. <laughs> uh. But the way Josh Giddy manipulated him, it was almost like uh in pregames when you'll see like the six foot assistant coach like yeah. working out with a guy and providing yeah. like some fake defense. Yep. 
like Giddy would easily get around him, then just like attach him to his hip while he just he took his time making his decision. Like Mm -hmm. he was just toying with him the entire game, Mm -hmm. which was very fun to watch. He had complete control of the offense. Giddy did. Yeah. And but it wasn't just the passing. It was that scoring, too. And that's that's the part that really gets you excited. Now, if you look at a shot chart, like how much of that do I really trust? Like he missed every single mid-range shot he took yeah. in that game. Mm-hmm. The two threes he hit, you know, it's gr- it's great. Anytime Giddy hits three, it's great. But as long as his form looks like that, especially on the heat check three, deep above the break. <laughs> And he yeah, looked, the form was, he it was like, unlike, it was unlike anything that I've really seen him do. Honestly, it looked like when a little kid tries to take like a three pointer or like when I try to take like a three quarter lengths shot. Yeah. It went so, in. It did. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking, I'm just not taking away too much from that, but his yeah. finishing around the rim, like that's the part that gets you really excited because yeah. he's getting to the rim in that game, like whenever he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And he was really good finishing both in the half court and in transition. Like I already trust his finishing. We've talked about guys like Dort where it's like, he's a rocket ship anytime he goes to the rim yeah. or Bays when it's like, I can't do a normal layup. I have to do something uh-huh. fancy or goofy before I get to the rim. Like Josh just looks so confident when he goes to the rim. Yeah in a different way, but the same way as SGA where like, you just trust SGA around the rim. Sure. I trust Josh around the rim. Mm-hmm. And that's a good starting point for his scoring. It's great. I mean, it's honestly, his scoring has been way more than I expected. I mean, if we just take the last nine games that SGA hasn't played in, like he's averaging 16 points per game, seven board or 8.9 boards, 7.2 assists. That's kind of insane. <laughs> On 46% from the field, which is not bad. Like, that's not bad for the kind of shots that he takes. He's 29% from three. Like, that's 29% from three is indicative of the kind of shooter that he is today. All I care about with his three point shot is that he's taking it. Like, he's taking three it, and a half threes per game. Like, that's all I care about. Yeah, I agree. Right now, because he's already said, like, I'm going to be changing my form in the summer. So, like, I'm, I'm not going to, like, stand for this form you know i know there's people out there who want to be like well it's going in so maybe it doesn't look pretty like he already said he wants to change it he did he said he'll so, wait till the off so don't marry yourself to that form i i, I would hope it's going to change <laughs> the other nice thing though thinking ahead for his shooting because early in the year you could say okay i don't like his form mm-hmm. and also he's shooting like 66 percent from the line yeah which has been used as an indicator for future efficiency from three-point range yeah in this recent stretch, like he's picked it up from the line. Like, 80%. Since SGA, yeah, since SGA went out, 80% from the line. It's yeah. only 25 free throws, but like I want to see that kind of improvement because that's going to give me more confidence that that shot will develop as we go on. No doubt. Yeah. And in that stretch, he's leading rookies in scoring, he's leading rookies in rebounds, and he's only second in assists to Iodasuma. Wait. Ayodosumo has more assists per game than Josh Giddy in the stretch. In the last nine games, Io <laughs> has seven point six assists per game. Wow, that's actually uh, more amazing than anything we just talked about, Josh I Giddy. I had no idea that Ayodosumo. Man, Io's been good. He's been really good. Wow. And Mark Dagnall talked about how he went to dinner with Io 
um, here in Oklahoma City. They went to Broadway 10. I was a little disturbed that Mark Degnall gets his steak medium well. I didn't like didn't like hearing didn't like hearing See, that. See, I feel like it's a progression you have to make because I think a lot of people they start out in life thinking, "Why would I want a rare steak? I'm yeah. going to start with well done." Then they move to medium well, maybe in their teens, and then by adult time, you got to be in the medium range. You got to be that medium point. at least, yeah, medium. Medium's great. Medium's like perfect. Like why don't medium well? Like I don't know, man. I was a little worried. That made me worried about Mark a little bit, to be clear. You should, um, you should encourage him. I, Try it. I, I'd, I'd love a chance to encourage him. Maybe um, give him some beef tartare, Andrew. Ooh, yeah, for real. Um, Herb Jones was also at that dinner. And it made oh, me really? think, why didn't you just use your first two second round picks on those guys? But, like, yeah. whatever. You know, Jerry's fine. He's a fine rotation player. But, like, having those having those two would have been uh, quite nice. I was, yeah. I was but yeah, with with Josh, like I'm just so excited for as long as we get this. It does make me start thinking, I can't help it, about the fit with SGA. Yeah. Now we haven't had a lot of time to see it, so it's not like I'm I'm judging it or anything yet. I'm making my final determination. But you watch games like that against the Knicks, and you're like, man, I would just really want Josh Giddy as the <laughs> primary ball handler. I know. Because I know and also because I know that Shea can do so much else off yeah. ball. Like if yeah. he was in a tr- more traditional two guard role, where he's still doing some some of the creation and playmaking, but G- Giddy is the main guy. Like that feels right to me. Mm-hmm. But but uh, it's hard to imagine them getting to there. Like it feels like most likely scenario is kind of like a fifty fifty split in terms of who's running the offense at any given time yeah. in the future. Yeah, it is, but it's also good to have more than one guy because there will be teams because of Josh's lack of a jumper that will be able to figure some stuff out with him. And so you need guys with gravity. He needs weapons out there. He's making it work. It's a it's a a miracle that he had twelve assists in that game with that team, you know. And I'm. You know, I, I want to see what it looks like with more weapons. Hopefully in this next draft, they're able to get, you know, s- somebody in that top four. I think really any of those top four guys would be excellent. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm excited for Josh's future. He's been way – he's exceeded really any expectation that I would have had for him this year. You know, being as young as he is, uh, I, I didn't think he'd be able to score the basketball like he has. You know, I didn't think that in any 10-game stretch, you know, looking at the, this rookie class, that he would ever lead in points per game in any 10-game stretch this season. I would have bet 100 bucks, and I would have lost it because yeah. he's been that good. And this is – we've talked about how good this rookie class is. Everybody's talked about it. Uh, you know, Josh has a real future, and if his shot can come along – like he is a legitimate all-star type of player with the scoring, the passing is obviously elite, the rebounding is elite for a guard, and then just the vision. And you get him a few weapons that are legit. Like you can see how the Thunder could become a, a good team, you know, in the next like three years because of the stuff that we've seen Josh do. Yeah, and I think the hard part with Josh is trying to 
project what he's going to be. Yeah. Um, or project what he could be, what his comp would be, because there really aren't any comps. Like <laughs> somebody, a down to dunk lister, had messaged us during the game and said, Is his comp Magic Johnson? It's not. It's no. not. But I do think that's instructive for like how few options there are. Because if you go to Stathead and just look at guys who are 6'9 or taller, who average seven assists in a game, it's Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain, LeBron James, Jokic, Ben Simmons. Yeah. Like, that's it. Now, Josh is, or I should have picked six because uh, Josh apparently is not at seven assists yet. That would have been uh, more instructive. For this exercise, Andrew. Um, so I but lowered he, I mean, to six. He's basically there. Like, do yeah. if, if he had if they had one offensive weapon that was oh yeah worth for sure. It, like he would he would be there easy. But even you lowering it to six, you know now you bring in like KG, Demonis Sabonis, Detlef Shrimp. Like so yeah. many of these guys are bigs. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jokic, Sabonis, Shrimp. Like after that, you're talking Magic Johnson and LeBron, who they've been compared to each other, and then it's like Ben Simmons. Like it's very hard. Like people want to compare him to MCW. MCW is six six. Like it's six, six. there's not, not a, a good like. By the way, MCW not a really a very good passer and not a point guard. Yeah, he he is not. Yes, he is not running an off. He did not run an offense like this. I mean, the the moment he left the Sixers, teams were like, "What do we do with this guy?" <laughs> What like yeah. what position is he? I don't know what he does. So I get it, like why people would, you know, because tr- they're just searching for a name. Like who is this guy? Even if you go down to like six eight, yeah. Now you're introducing some wings like Tracy McGrady, Grant Hill, who like don't really fit with Josh Giddy either. No. I mean, like Scotty Pippen, like none of these guys really sound like anything like Josh Giddy, Steven yeah. Jackson, Jalen Rose, like it's, he's a very hard player to comp. Yeah. Like that archetype tall lead guard who can pass just has not existed in the NBA all that much. Yeah. To me, he's just like tall Jason kid in a lot of ways, tall Jason kid. See, I almost think, though, because we talked about tall Ricky Rubio. Again, the difference is that Josh has already shown way more interest and assertiveness in trying to score than those two guys. Yeah. I mean, his rookie stats are not dissimilar from kids' rookie stats. And you're right. the, The assertiveness in scoring is certainly questionable with Jason Kidd but you know Jason even in his early years took about the same amount of threes that Josh is taking right now yeah um, and got better you know I mean people in the chat like there's like Lamar Odom like Odom was not a primary ball handler never was he he was a big guy that could handle and he was like a good secondary facilitator but he was never this level Gordon Hayward is the same thing Spencer Smith had that one. Um, Parker, I think, I don't know what your name is here down here. Um, Gordon Hayward is also a secondary distributor. Like, never a guy that they're like, hey, like, run the offense. You know, he's, yeah. Gordon Hayward's great in Charlotte when he's healthy um, because he can be a guy that you can throw the ball to when LaMelo needs to run off ball. But He's also like much more advanced as a scorer. Way better scorer. Always has been. He was great yeah. at Butler. 
a, a like pure shooter. Yeah, I mean, there's again, it's like, really tough, which is exciting. Time. Like that's exciting. Yeah, you you want guys to break the mold a little bit. You want guys that people are like, I don't know what to do with this, and that's and that's why like both of us really love Chet too, because I think that Chet will yeah. be another guy that's like, I don't know what to do with him. I don't. I is he's not. Is he a center? Is he, you know, but he's grabbing the ball off the rim and pushing, you know, he's shooting, he's aggressive, he's skinny as all heck. Like, I mean, you throw him on this team, I, I, you can start to, in your head, like, f- figure out ways that the Thunder could get to the fifth seed, you know, and, and be kind of this weird, wacky force to be reckoned with. Yeah, Giddy Giddy feels like a one of one, and that doesn't mean that he's automatically a Hall of Famer. It doesn't mean he's automatically yeah. an All Star, right? But he is just kind of unique unto himself. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that changes. Maybe he develops a three point shot, and all of a sudden he starts looking like some of these players that we've talked about. Yeah. But for right now, that that's part of the fun with Giddy is he you just can't really easily project him. Yeah. So many of these young guys, it feels like there's obvious comps, whether mm-hmm. they're good or not there's comps that people have come up with. Yeah. Um, so that really excites me about Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great. And then you got Trey Mann. Trey Mann. Who, that was his best game of the year. Um, that in the Dallas game. Yeah. Yeah, that in the Dallas game. But this one got the 30 piece. You got the 30 piece, yep. With with Trey, for me, it's, it's a couple things. One, it's the accuracy on his shots. Like we've talked about other guys on this team, they might have games where they go three of six from three, mm-hmm. but you can guarantee that like one of those shot is going to be like an air ball or is going to like hit the side of the rim. Yeah. Like you, you don't really buy it. Like it's great that they hit three of six, mm-hmm. but like there's always that one shot that makes you like, oh, okay, I don't know if I should totally yeah, you're, believe in this. Like you're like sub subtweeting like JRE and like who yeah, else? Bays and Dort. Bays I mean, Dort, Dort will have. Yeah. Balls that just bounce off Aaron of the Williams. rim yeah. majestically. Yeah. So with Trey, though, he'll have games where he's three of six and like every miss is like in the cylinder and rims out. And that's what gets you excited because he is the type of player who can make Josh Giddy's life a lot easier. Yeah. Because he is or I think he could be that type of shooter. Yeah. Down the road. Yeah, he could be. And uh, and then. Other than his shooting, like the fact that he does so much other areas of the court. I mean, coming into the draft, I remember afterwards I was feeling very lukewarm on Trey Mann. And and we and we were both kind of like we sort of get it, but like what is the reason? And you told me like I think they just really believe in this step back three. The step back three is like a huge weapon in this league, and they really believe that he can do that. And so I came into the season kind of all focused on that move, yeah. on that shot. And what has surprised me is how creative he is as a finisher. I mean, mm-hmm. that finish he had over Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. We like moonballed it over him. Mm-hmm. Like that is that takes a lot of skill mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And then his and a ability lot of guts. to a lot of guts. And his ability to score in the mid-range, mm-hmm. which we talked about last week. Like not a lot of guys on this team are really taking those shots. Yeah. And so it's Shea only. Yeah. It's Shea. And so that variety, like he's not just a step back guy. Yeah. Like even though, and and if you go and look at his percentages from these areas, like it's not good. Like if you look at his percentage at the rim or in the mid range, like they're not there yet. Yeah. 
But those games, like the Knicks game, make you believe. It, it makes you believe like this could be a three-level score mm-hmm. in the league. Mm-hmm. And then you see smart people. I can't remember who it was. It was I think it was Steve Jones yeah. who said, I think Trey Mann could be have a 20-point-per-game season in the league. Like that's – for someone like Steve Jones to say that, yeah, like, that feels nice. Worked in the NBA, has seen a lot. Like Steve's very, very good. Very, yeah. very – like one of the like – like true knowledgeable guys. Yeah. I mean, that's man. I, he, if efficiency is going to be like the make or break thing for, for Trey, he's going to have to be a more efficient score moving forward. And if he can, great. If he can't, like if he's, if he's going to be so streaky, like he has been, he'll be a guy off the bench that people will continue to try and he'll have good and bad seasons. But yeah, I'll, and I'm not saying like he has to be efficient this year. He doesn't rookie seasons are typically extremely inefficient. These guys are still trying to figure out a lot of things, but you know, I, I did not like the pick at where they got him at 18. I thought, I thought it was a reach. I thought that there would be a, a squeeze of the guard position already um, but you know, we were proven wrong. Some of that is that like Tao Maladone is like proven to just not be an NBA guy this season. Um, that's been like a big part of that. And then the other part is that Trey has been outstanding and he's willing to put in the work too, which a lot of scores, I don't know. They don't feel like they need to put in the work like that on the defensive end. And Trey really listens. He really tries hard. Um, I'm in, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I, I, there's still a lot, a lot to prove with Trey. Um, but yeah, I think the, but the the next game was very encouraging. The concern is going back to Fournier. Like he can't be a Fournier level of defender. Yeah, exactly. Like he has to be better than that. And he has some like natural limitations just because of his size right now. Yeah. But about. you do see him fighting game in and game out. He tries. Especially during this recent stretch. And that's why like I don't I don't really care about the inefficiency right now because this sure. is the first time he's really been getting these opportunities all season. You know, back at the beginning of the season, he's playing, you know, 10, 12 minutes a game. Like mm-hmm. how much do you really expect from him? And that's when we were really just focusing on the step back because he just wasn't getting a ton of opportunities. Sure. So I'm just excited to see him start expand that game, expand his game, and the fact that he's even willing or even thinks to take that kind of a shot over Mitchell Robinson to try to finish that gets me really excited. Yeah, because we talked about his confidence as a potential issue a few weeks ago. Yeah, but we're seeing a much more confident version of him these last couple weeks now that he's getting more playing time, settling into the offense. Yeah. I- I would love to see him play well tonight. Um, yeah. No, I've, I've been impressed with Trey. I mean, he's also exceeded all expectations for what we thought that he could be this year. You know, he's been he's been a good scorer in spots. He's been really just a, a fun player to watch, too, because the Thunder haven't had a lot of guys like him, you know, at the guard position that are like, – he's really smooth, like, with the basketball and can get to his spots – uh, he's he's been fun. Yeah, right now he amongst rookie guards, he is thirty first in true shooting percentage. Um, let's see, 
he's ahead of guys like Josh Giddy and Davion Mitchell, <laughs> uh, Book Knight, Jalen Suggs. Uh, let's see if any other big names are down here. Uh, Shreef Cooper. Yeah, not quite I just, a big name, but I think it's too, way too early to worry about the efficiency. Like, oh, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about. Honestly, I don't really worry about anything with either of these guys today. I mean, it's. I mean, that's like that's like a year three thing. That's like earlier this year when we were getting really worried about Bays. Yeah. When it's like he just can't be a player in the NBA if he's going to shoot five threes a game and hit twenty seven percent of them. Like it's <laughs> yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah. Like that's when I start getting worried. But yeah. for Trey, like I just I just want to see the shot selection, like where he's taking the shots on mm-hmm. the floor. And I think if you get one more guy, not only is it going to make it easier on Giddy, it's going to make it easier on Trey, too. Yeah. Just having, like, another outlet, somebody you trust. Like, right now, it's probably Ty Jerome. Yeah. Just one more guy the defense cares about. One more. Just give me a guy the defense cares about. And that's what these next two drafts are going to be about, is, like, getting – I mean, really, in the next two drafts, you get one guy – because I, I am more confident in this Thunder core today than I re- than I was at the start of the season. Um, like I really I like what they're building, and I think that they've they've done a good job this season. And if they can add like, and don't get me wrong, like they need big pieces. <laughs> like they have big holes right now. Like they need they need a a true, honestly, they need a true primary score is one thing that they really need. Um, you add a true primary score to this squad, then like you're you're all like you're getting close to ready. This, especially if you can, you know, take picks that you have and trade for players to to fill in roles. Um, that would probably be the argument for Paolo. That would be the argument for Bencaro is and that's what's and that's I mean if the Thunder get lucky, like and at this point getting lucky would be the third pick you know like it would be lucky to get the third pick i still don't think it's a bad position to be in um and it would be kind of fun to debate ivy and bunkero you know what that's yeah um i so i tweeted yesterday that since sga went out they are the they have the second ranked defense in the league now that that's only nine games Mm -hmm. so it's not you know not freaking out about it but Still, I was like, "Wow, that is like kind of amazing." Because it's, it's not, it's insane. It's not like it they've just been playing bad teams. They've they've had some good teams mixed in there, sure, and and some good offenses. The Knicks not being one, mm-hmm. but uh, I went into it a little bit deeper. And opponent three point percentage. So I I, I tweeted out the difference, like pre SGA going down, teams were shooting thirty five percent from three. In this recent stretch, are shooting twenty nine point five percent, which as of today is second to last. Boston has had like the best opponent three point percentage during this run they've been on. But if you go even deeper, above the break threes have basically been the same. Wow. Pre SGA injury thirty three point three percent. After SGA injury thirty percent. Corner threes. These are opponent corner threes dropped from forty percent to twenty eight point six percent. So like. I don't know. I don't think they're the second best defense in the league. Is what I'm trying to say. I, <laughs> you I, don't. <laughs> but but the fact that they 
even when that was normal, even yeah. when teams were shooting 40%, this was still a, a right around a top 10 defense. Like that in and of itself is insane. Yeah. Cannot believe it. That and that's and it's where you like you draw another line from the process sixers to the thunder. Because the process sixers had a team. Weren't didn't they have a top ten defense one year? Uh, they may have. Keep talking. I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure they had a top 10 defense one year, and that's where everybody was like, Brett Brown is really getting these guys to play. Everybody believes in them. You know, everybody believes in the coaching staff. Everybody's given all their effort. You know, every, I remember that being a talking point. And, you know, I, there's, there's, a, there's several arguments to be made. One, and I think this is true, is like the coaching staff is doing an outstanding job. And so is the front office to get the kind of guys that would buy in to play defense like this. The other side of the coin is you have a ton of guys just fighting for their NBA lives. And if they don't do what the coaches say, like, they might just be gone. You know, like, there's so yeah. many guys like on such low salaries or yeah, like, if Ty Jerome was just like, yeah, I'm not going to do what the coach says. Like Ty Jerome's not going to play and they'll probably just wave him. <laughs> You know, I can't, even, I can't imagine Ty Jerome ever saying right. Like Isaiah means. Roby, if Isaiah Roby went out there and was just freelancing, like Isaiah Roby would be gone. You know, right. and you know, and Kenrich is just like cut from the cloth of a guy that's going to do whatever the coach says and is going to be in the right spot every time. Lou Dort is the same. Darius, it's taken a little bit to get there, but he's there. Like he's been, he's been good. And then Poku is obviously like the one that's a, the most of a work in progress in that area, but has been pretty decent defensively since he's come back too. So. So in 2014-15, when they won 18 games, the Sixers had the 13th-ranked defense. That was their best finish. Yeah. Remember people um, raving about that? I, uh, part of me doesn't really quite understand why nobody talks about the Thunder's defense being this high as like well, being a good thing. This is where, because obviously I can't do this, but if there were a smart guy out there, NBA smart guy, who would want to write an article uh, trying to explain the Thunder's defense, yeah. I, I would enjoy reading that. Just to yeah. better understand it. Because you can you can like kind of talk yourself into it. You're like, well, we think Dort's pretty good and Bayes has been really nice. Yeah. Uh but uh, you know, beyond that, like who who's the amazing, awesome defender? Like Kenrich is good. Okay, there's another one. Yeah, and it's it's more of just I mean, honestly, it's just the coachability of the team and the and Mark having a good game plan. And guys, like Mark saying, like, this is the spot you need to be in in this situation, and you better be there, and they get there. You know, this is how we're yeah. going to double team. This is how we're going to defend the pick and roll. This is how we defend the drop. You know, this is how we defend and drop coverage. This is how we, I mean, and they all do it. They just follow directions, and they just do it. Um, you know, as guys get older, they kind of figure out ways of doing it themselves. You know, James Harden, I believe it or not, like James Harden was a pretty good defender in Oklahoma City. Like he was the guy that they would put on Kobe, you know, back in the day. Yeah. And would do what the coach said. Now, like James Harden knows that I'm gonna make sixty million dollars next year, no matter if I defend or don't. <laughs> so am I really gonna defend on like game forty one <laughs> in the right. NBA? You know, I don't have to do that anymore. Like I'm I'm a you know millionaire basketball player I make tens of millions of dollars every year. I don't have to defend, you know. So, you know things change through time, but 
you know, to have this young team doing what they're doing, especially when you compare it to the other young teams of the league and like what they look like defensively. I mean, you look at the the Rockets and the Pistons and teams like that who are just kind of a mess on defense. So it's it's not like every young team does this. So it is it's encouraging in a lot of ways. Two more stats that I, I thought were a little bit interesting comparing OKC with SGA and Giddy to this post-SGA nine-game run. I was surprised that the team is taking the same amount of free throws per game, mm-hmm. 19.2 versus 19.9. You just would have kind of assumed you take SGA off this team, who is getting to the line? Mm-hmm. But they, they've made it work. And then the other one, which is kind of obvious if you think about it, but the team's averaging three more assists per game in this post-SGA nine-game run, which makes sense because we know that SGA had like one of the highest percentage of unassisted scoring plays yeah. last season and, and the same because he's such a talented ISO player mm-hmm. and, and on his drive. So that makes sense as well. I don't think it's necessarily like better because they have an extra three assists per game. Like yeah. I would much rather just take SGA's like incredible scoring prowess. Yeah, it's similar to back in the day when we talk about the passes per game with the Westbrook Durant teams where it was like, Mm -hmm. this team throws like no passes per game. Look at them compared to the Spurs. Like look at the beautiful basketball over there. Well, when you have Russell Westbrook who literally attracts the entire defense as he just barrels to the rim because he's going to score and just sprays out, that's one pass on the possession and you get an open three. You don't need to have 15 passes per possession, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like, you don't have to. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about some of those old Spurs players. Like, some of those lineups, like, there was maybe one guy who, like, really scared you going to the rim. Yeah. Everyone else was just super smart, moving around, kicking the ball. They would find open shots. Yeah. Boris Diaw. Like, Boris Diaw is not going to barrel at the rim. Like oh, there's Diaw. a comp. Is that a giddy comp? <laughs> Ooh, young Boris Diaw. No, it's not. Okay, all right. Well, it's definitely not. If you can find the perfect giddy comp, I will send you a down to dunk shirt. Like it has to be Whoa! unanimous. Like everybody has to agree amongst the DTD crew. We'll send and, it out and, in the text and say this is the comp. If you get it, you can choose your shirt of choice, and I'll send it to I, you. Ideally, if you could send us some highlights too, because that's the thing. Like with the Magic Johnson comp, like if you just look at the rookie stats, it's like, okay, like I understand how these are like kind of yeah, don't, similar. Don't send but, me Magic Johnson <laughs> or Larry Bird, okay? Because then, that's not a you, comp. You watch Magic Johnson highlights and it's just like, oh my God, this guy is like so athletic and so... He started at center in the NBA as, finals. As a rookie. As a rookie. As a 20-year-old. T- it's not even like he came into the league super right. late. And won the title. So don't send me that. <laughs> don't do it. You send that, I'm going to actually come to your house and steal one of your shirts. Okay? Oh, no. Give me your address. I will steal one of your shirts every time you send me the Magic Johnson or Larry Bird comp. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not the comp. You what definitely I, see like flashes of of other point guard, like smaller point guards, with the way that Giddy's just like very methodical. Yeah, like because he's not bursting to the rim, he's not Russell Westbrook. You know, he's he's playing a more methodical game, and there's there's moments where he kind of has like a Chris Paul look to him, just in the way he's moving around the court. Yeah, but you know, he's he's not Chris Paul. He's not Chris Paul. <laughs> and and the thing is, like, you need to get the comp can't be taller blank like don't that's that's not a comp because they're not tall 
So don't. I don't do know that. why. I don't know why you volunteer. I don't know why you created this. You're going to get so many things you do not want to look at. This is true. This is, yeah, that's true. It's like, you're you're going to get some Dion Waiters comps. <laughs> You'll at least watch those highlight videos <laughs> when they send them. I like Dion. I wouldn't mind watching some Dion Waiters comps. It's uh, it's also maybe the worst comp for Gideon. <laughs> <laughs> Also, send me your worst comp for Giddy. <laughs> Along with the best comp. I actually might like that better. All right. We're going to take a quick break. After that, we're going to update the man-dude-guy rankings here on the show. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back from that quick break. We got Jay in the chat here, riling everybody up, Al. He's, oh, no. He's, I, haven't even, I haven't even looked at the comments. Yeah, Jay is saying that I hate... Josh Giddy, that uh, Giddy is better than Magic. He can't spell his name right, but he thinks he's better than Magic. <laughs> he can't spell his name right. He is not spelling his name right. <laughs> Giddy over Magic. Gosh, if if Giddy was better than Magic Johnson, oh shut up! Then we're stop set. talking. Then we're set. We're like, why? Hey. Why even? Why even tank? Why even take? You could forfeit your draft pick this year. Why even have a pod? I mean, okay, we would have, we'd, if he was as good as Mac Johnson, we go to five, we go to five days a week. That's what we do. Uh, before we do, guy man, dude. Uh, OKC Argentina zero. The um, this is a fan account. Yeah, from Argentina. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They tweeted yesterday. Mundo Deportivo affirms that Mitchich will leave his team and would play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Then it says, which franchise owns your NBA rights? I'm guessing that's a translation weird thing. <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder, eyeball, eyeball. And yeah. then they followed that up. The news comes from a prestigious Spanish outlet, but there is a possibility that the Thunder transfer his rights to another franchise. I don't think that's possible right now. <laughs> that the Thunder be the one to acquire the player or that it is just a rumor and he stays in Europe. So they cover all their bases right there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to cover all your bases with with Mitchich because of the way that he's behaved toward the NBA over the years. You know, he's flirted with the NBA with the Sixers. He did it last season with the Thunder. Um, this time, I just wonder if it if it could be real. I don't think he's coming in season. I'll say that as bad as FS has been this season, um, I think he's going to finish out the year with them. Um, I don't know. I, I think that the, I think it's a possibility. I don't think it makes complete sense. You know, I guess it just depends on what the Thunder what if the Thunder get 
draw the first pick in the draft, then maybe it makes sense, you know, to bring him over. Um, yeah, I guess from four, his perspective, I don't know. From his perspective, it's like he could come over now, get one, like a deck deal where you have like a non guarantee second and third year. And he would be using that as an opportunity to prove himself as an NBA player mm-hmm. at the end of the season with the idea that he would then be traded. Yeah. Or does do other NBA teams just kind of already like him and his rights already ha- hold some value? I, yeah. I don't feel like they do, but I mean, maybe they do. I think it probably depends on the team. I mean, yeah. I think certainly, I mean, like the Mavericks, like we saw what they gave up to get a guy that's probably not too dissimilar and Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, mm-hmm. like if Mitch is a Spencer Dinwiddie level of player, like that wouldn't surprise me. Like he's good. Like he's the EuroLeague MVP. He's a really good player. Um, so like a, a team like that could maybe use him. You know, I think any sort of contending team that needs one more ball handler, you know, I think, I mean, even like the, the bucks could use a guy like that. You know, yeah, there's there's some teams that could use him if he's willing to come over and willing to commit. Perhaps that's somebody even at the draft that the Thunder could say, like, hey, you know, you, you don't really fit. There's Hankus. You don't really fit here. And we're trying to rebuild and things aren't, you know, we're we're going to be bad again this year. So. And right we, and we, not only that we like want to be bad and you make us better <laughs> like if you're coming off the bench and leading our second unit with trey it's like there's a chance that like it's decent <laughs> yeah you know and we don't really want that yet however and the thunder are good at this the thunder developed a, a good track record of going to guys and saying hey we will get you where you want to go like, tell me what the situation is that you want. And even, like, the Clippers. Like, the Clippers have been a team that could use a guard. You know, they could use another guard, especially when they get all their guys back. It's like, hey, you want to go live in Los Angeles? Like, we can we can put you in Los Angeles, you know? And the Clippers could give, like, the Thunder, like, a pick way down the road or something. It would seem like, though, from OKC's perspective, like, I get what you're saying, that he could come here and, and be, you know, too good. He could hurt the tank. But at the same time, like that's probably the scenario where they actually get something valuable back for him, where he comes in and plays really well in an NBA setting. Sure. Other teams notice him, even though they already know who he is, but like they see him yeah. in an NBA setting, and all of a sudden he becomes a name that teams want to chase in the summer. Yeah. I mean, he could accrue more value, or he could lessen his value by playing. I don't know. And then he just gets a big payout. Then he just gets the money and goes goes back to Europe. Yeah, I mean it's it's something to keep an eye on. I'll say that. I would not if you're if you're putting eggs in baskets like you guys were talking a few weeks ago, I wouldn't put any eggs in it. You know. Zero? I wouldn't put any. Not one. I wouldn't put one egg wow. in the basket. Maybe if you drop an egg and it breaks, you can throw the, the shards of the, the shell in there. But 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 Okay, what about just the general basket of OKC will will do some type of a deck deal with someone before the end of the season? Yeah, I think they will. Okay, so we're getting another deck. I think we'll get a a deck like player. I I just wouldn't count on it being him. He's the easiest one because they already have his rights, and you can right. you can create a scenario where like 
they could use they could use ten million U.S. dollars. Like their their franchise could use that. Um, it would they would probably breathe a sigh of relief <laughs> if the Thunder like bought him out, you know, of his contract at FS and he came over here. I think that they because they haven't been good even with him. I think that they they could use the financial help. Um, there's a lot of lines to draw there. Um, I, re- I will remain skeptical on Mitchich and the NBA until he signs on the dotted line because he committed. I mean, there was a report last year that he was done and was coming to the, to the thunder, you know, like, there was an actual report from a credible news source that that's what was going to happen. And it was another pump fake, you know? So now what, what about, uh, cause they also have the draft rights to one more player. Are you, are you familiar with that player? Uh, baby Shaq. Uh, thirty-nine-year-old Shimon Shevchek. Oh, thirty-nine from from Poland. We still have his rights from the two thousand three draft. Uh, could we still bring over Tibor Pleiss? Is that still something that we could do? We could. I love that. I love in, in, in when they use the B. Yeah. Well, like the beta symbol. Yeah. For for SS. Yeah. There, there's a there's a, a soccer player for Brighton. His name's Gross, but it looks like Grob on his jersey, and I like that. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I would I would count on them trying to do something, you know, it would make sense for them to do that and to cut into the money that they would be paying out to all the guys. Unfortunately, sorry, sorry Thunder players and sorry Thunder player agents out there. Well, did you see you saw the John Hollinger article uh, for the Athletic? I did. Um, I thought that was interesting just because he felt like the most like scenario would be that they would just pay it out. Um, because, and I think it's because they would have to cut someone to do one of these deck deals. And right. And what, and what, harm, no, ex- what exactly. harm is there cutting anybody? Like, no, I, like that's how I feel too. But out, I could yeah. see from, cause, cause one of his arguments was like, well, they just gave Aaron Wiggins a deal. So that takes up, you know, that roster spot. And then he didn't. He didn't like follow through on like. Well, there's other guys they could. I mean, and get he even. I mean, he even said it on our. Hollinger said it two weeks ago on the pod, with uh, with me, where he was like, you know, there's there's plenty of other candidates on the scene. There's not a lack of candidates to cut. You know, yeah. he knows that. And I mean, I would look at Roby or I mean, they could cut Maladon. You know, there's guys they could they could let go of in order to bring somebody over. I just, I would be a little surprised if they ended up paying it out. I w- however, I would be happy to see them do it because I do like this group of guys and think it would be kind of cool for them mm-hmm. to, to get a, a nice little bonus check. Like that would be cool. Um, however, there's not a track record for the, for the Thunder doing that. And in fact, the Thunder have had many chances to do this in the course of their history and haven't done it. So that's why I remain completely skeptical that they'll actually do it. Because I thought we thought they were going to do it last year, and then they ended up getting deck, and it was like, oh, uh, this is kind of weird. But yeah, that's that's when we were talking ourselves into Thunder International. Deck was coming over, Mitchich. We were going to be just this we were international team into Thunder International. Poku was still somebody that we believed in. Where where are you at on Poku today, on February sixteenth, two thousand twenty two? I mean, much more positive than Teo. Like, Teo, yeah. he had that really nice game 
Yeah. Out of nowhere against Toronto. We played 30 minutes, 18 points. That was great. Yeah. Every other time I've seen him, like the fact that we're at this point in the season and Mark is only giving him seven minutes against the Knicks, like that, that just says a lot to me. It says a lot. He and he played well in the G League. Like give Teo credit. Yeah. Like he, it really did. When you compared he and Poku's stat lines, it was like, oh boy, like Poku's. Poku, might but be it's toast. It it has flipped since it's, they've come back. It is like flipped. Poku just looks like the much more comfortable player, and it's the flip that you want because Teo is a guard and a guard only. Poku is just like this weird player, like similar to the conversation we were having earlier about Gideon Chet, like just having another player that's just like, what are you? Like what what are you doing here on the basketball court? Like you're blocking shots and you're, you know pulling the the ball off the rim and taking three dribbles and you're already at the other end. You got these like scoop layups. You can, you know, he shot the ball pretty well from deep recently. You know, if he can put it all together somehow, like he may not be a star, but if he's a guy off the bench that can do all this, do all that stuff. If, if like he and Baisley are like the bigs off the bench for the thunder in the future, like that's like <laughs> kind of fun, honestly. Yeah, I'm not ready to believe in that, but no, that'd be I fun. Mean, no, but it would be incredibly fun. It'd be, it would just be incredibly fun if Poku became a good player, like on a playoff team. Oh, for sure. He's just yeah. a, he's a fun player to root for, and I would love to see him become just, just a, a even a decent like role player. You know, would be incredible. Yeah, watching that game. Uh, he, and he didn't really do that much, but I was just thinking about Derek Favors because um, at one point in the game, he was running a pick and roll yeah. <laughs> where Poku was the ball handler. And part of me wants to, at the end of the season or whenever Favors leaves, I would just like to get his thoughts on some of these players, like what he really thinks about them. Because mm-hmm. because I just have a feeling like it would be similar to players we've had in the past who have been like, you know, oh, SGA is a star. Like, I love Giddy and all that. But I, I really want to know what Derek Favors thinks of Alexei Popyshevsky. <laughs> Just to know that his career has gotten to the point where he's running pick and roll with this, like, seven-foot string beam <laughs> <laughs> who's, like, dribbling behind his back. It's, it's just very fun. I, I thought my preseason interviews with everybody was just quite telling on what everybody thought of Poku. Because oh, of, he's a he's a very Poku's Poku guy. Oh like, my, oh my god! Yeah, Poku's Poku. Yeah, well, Poku, uh, really talented young guy. You know, I mean, that's the probably the kind of stuff they would say. I would have to ask them about Poku. I would ask like, who's playing well this summer? How are things going? You guys having fun with the team? You know, everybody's talking about Isaiah Roby and everybody else is like, it's like, what about Poku? And he's like, yeah. It always would start with like. <laughs> Some kind of like okay, Poku. Um, yeah. Uh, all right, man, dude, guy. You want to update the rankings here? I one qualifier. It is really difficult to tell who's a man, dude, or guy during a rebuild because yeah, these guys are getting opportunities that they wouldn't get elsewhere, and so a lot of these rankings are based on what I think. If you're a guy, you can be on a playoff team. So that's where there's going to be you may be upset with some of my some of my thoughts on this. But 
in order to be a guy, so let's go over it real quick. A guy is a guy that can play on a playoff team. A dude is probably on a playoff team, a bench guy, or maybe a guy that can play like eight minutes a game, you know, on a playoff team. I feel like Abdul Nader was a dude. <sighs> yeah. Nader was, was a dude and is currently, it was like a dude on that Suns team. Yeah. It's fine. Um, and then a man is just like, you're, you're in the league, but you know, we're still trying to figure out what's going on with you. So, Oh, wow. I, I did not realize that's what man stood for. Yeah. I thought it was the opposite. I thought it was like, we already know what this guy is. He's in the league. Like, like a Derek favors isn't a, you wouldn't call him a guy. He's not a guy. He feels like a man, but I don't think, I don't, I'm not saying that in a negative way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're a man. It's, it's all right. Uh, okay, here we go. Definitive guys on the team. I, it has to, like, Dort is a total guy, right? Yeah, so you can't, there's no higher plane than guy. I mean, what's the higher plane than guy? I don't know. It just feels like there should be some way to differentiate between, like, SGA and Giddy versus Dort. But it sounds like they're all going to be guys. Mm, I I agree with you that a guy is more of like established role player. I think that you could say that. I think I mean, is there like a star level above that? Maybe. I, just go 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 through your rankings. We can we can debate uh, the, how it's how it's structured. Okay. So the guys on this team, Dort, SGA, Giddy, like those are the guys that I believe would play on almost any playoff team whether as a like a top eight rotation guy like these mm-hmm. guys would play do you disagree no i would also add kenrich williams to this list yes and the real debate in my head currently is darius Baisley. i'm not quite ready to declare him there yet because oh, i don't know I don't know that he plays significant minutes on like almost every playoff team, but I believe in that for that, that group of four, like I believe in that group. No, that that's why Baze's next season, I think is much more exciting now to think about because if he puts what he's done in these last, I think it was like the middle of December when they moved him to the bench. Yeah. So it's, it's probably been about a month and a half stretch if he does what he's doing right now over an entire season with an influx of talent, which mm-hmm. is also going to take away some of his usage, like that's when I'll be ready to say like, okay, I believe it for sure. Like, mm-hmm. yes, Baze is getting his next contract here. He's going to be a part of this team. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not there yet. In, okay. Let us, in the know, same, let us know if I, you disagree. You can send me your argument. I will not send yeah, you for a sure. shirt or like, anything, but I, but I think that really that those four are the, are the ones that I believe in the most. Like, clearly, I overreacted to his play early in the season. You, and did, you did not, though. You did not overreact. Well, I thought he was, like, done. I was like... If he continued to play like that, he was. That's why I don't think he overreacted. He has changed a lot. Yeah. I don't I honestly don't think that you or anybody else overreacted to it because he he was playing so poorly, shooting the ball poorly. He wasn't this he's been a much better defender recently. And 
to I yeah, think to pre- I think to predict that he was just going to change and turn and and become what he is today, I think is a little bit foolish, honestly. And he's and he's proven everybody that doubted him wrong. That's great. A lot of guys that are drafted in the twenties don't do that. <laughs> like a vast majority of them don't do it. They don't make it. They don't make that. They don't turn the corner. So. You know, I don't yeah. Well, I, I was just saying, like, if you do think I overreacted, uh, that's why I don't want to now overreact the other way. Exactly. Just because he's played well for a month and a half. Exactly. Because things could change again for him. You know, I think that similar to like Terrence Ferguson, I think there were times that we were like all in on Ferguson. You know. Yeah, for sure. Being a rotation player in the NBA and being a a guy. You know, I'm sure I even said it on Twitter. And that's why I'm, I'm just being more cautious mm. with this than I used to be. Deontay Burton. Trying to make it more prestigious I'm just, to get guy status. Yes. Yes. You want it to mean something. It, yes, it has to mean something because if everybody's a guy, then nobody's a guy. Wow. Um, <laughs> Put that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got Baisley as a dude. Yeah. Um, I have JRE as a dude. Okay. I have uh, Mascala is a dude. Okay. Just I'm because I don't think just because I don't think that you can play Mike big minutes. Sure. And, and that has been said in many different ways from Coach Mark that like yeah, he's been great in his time. I mean I asked him about like the plus minus numbers with Mascala. And he's like, mm. well, like, he, he doesn't believe in those plus minus numbers. Like he made that pretty clear. Um, he's probably a good argument against per using per 36 ever is what you're saying. Exactly. Per 36, he's putting up 21 and eight shooting 43% on 10, three pointers per game. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's an all-star. Just, just play him 36 minutes. <laughs> that's an all-star. Um, okay. Where are you on Aaron Wiggins? Dude, I don't I don't feel like dude is a very big commitment. Yeah. I like Aaron Wiggins too. And Trey Mann is a dude currently as well. Tattle dad. Um anybody else that I'm overlooking on the dude list? Is Derek Favors does he get there? Is he a guy that's gonna play ten minutes in a playoff game for a team? Like I think there's teams where he would. Like I think with the Sixers, now that they lost Drummond, you know, you don't I don't think he'd be excited about favors, yeah. but he could give them eight minutes in a yeah, playoff game. He could. He could do that. Yeah, this is where a lot of these guys are going to land. What do we do with Poku? Uh, Poku, he's whatever's below a dude. I know. <laughs> he's still... Okay, so our man list... See, I think I think this is my this is my overarching philosophy about this this ranking. Yeah. I think certain guys should graduate out of it. So like this this ranking is only for guys who you are projecting mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. You know, like no one's projecting Derek Favors anymore. He he should be exempt from the list because mm-hmm. he just is what he is. Like there's no one saying like, "Oh, I think if Derek Favors <laughs> did this, like maybe he could become <laughs> that." Like we're done with that part of his career. Okay, he so is, you think he that, is what he is. You think that Favors and Muscala should just be off the list? Yeah, they're just they're just vets at this point. They've already proven themselves. 
as what they are. Yeah, but what kind of vets are they? Are they guys or are they dudes? See, I, I, I would argue SGA isn't a dude. He's graduated. He's a he, guy. He's beyond that. No, I'm saying he's beyond a guy. It's over. What's the next like, level? What's the graduated level? It's just like NBA player. Like You don't even have to think about it. But that's what a guy is, is an NBA player. No. See, I think a guy should just be, in terms of projecting, like you see a guy in his first or second year, and based on limited data, you say, ooh, that's a guy. That yeah. is a guy right there. Yeah. And then if he becomes like the player you envision him to be, he graduates out. Hmm. He, he, he's because he's become his full self. Yeah, but you have to like reach a stat. Like you have to reach a status and stay there for a little while. Like how long do you have to stay there to completely graduate out? Um, like, like if SGA made the All Star game next year, like he's not a guy. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that. You know what he is? He is him. Him. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm, I've been trying to to find it. That's it. Him. But, but him. hold on though. Him Derek stats. Favors is not him. No, that's why I leave Derek Favors as a dude. Okay, <laughs> I disagree with you that you have to take him off the list. He's a dude. I, I said let Derek Favors rest. I he say doesn't, no, he doesn't need to be sir. talked about in this way anymore. Disagree. He's earned his stripes. Okay, so here's the here's the list. Here's the list. Now I think that's perfect. I was trying to I was trying to find it and we found it. You helped me find it. Him is the is like the guy the level above guy. I am him. That's something that SGA even said he did after say he made a shot. So I think SGA is probably our only guy in the him level. Oh, you can't say only guy in the him level. He's just <laughs> the, he's the only, only player. <laughs> the only player in the him level. <laughs> okay. All right. This is good. I really like this. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm, good. I'm really, really excited about this. Yeah, this is super helpful <laughs> for people. It is. For me, I don't care. This is just for me. <laughs> all right. Um, I think Ty Jerome is a man. Um, I don't believe that he would play on a lot of playoff teams. I think he shot the ball well. He's been like a pretty good like secondary ball handler guy. But I'm not the biggest believer that he can hold up as a defender for a playoff team. Like, name me a playoff team where you'd be like, oh, yeah, Ty Jerome's playing 15 minutes on that team. Like, I just don't think that exists. It may not, but I, I, I do think he'd be helpful to other teams, like the Knicks. Well, the Knicks suck. Like, they just need anybody. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> That's, but that... I, he, he's definitely an NBA player. Like, I, I don't... I think he will stick in the league. I don't think this is going to be Ty Jerome's last stop. In the league, no, it's not. He'll get, he'll get something else. But name me a playoff. Name me a rotate, a playoff team that he could play on, where he's in the rotation. There, I mean, the, the only one, and it was just because of injuries and trades, like the Bucks. Like he could be their Bryn Forbes. Yeah. With Divincenzo gone, Connaughton hurt. Yeah, I still am a little skeptical. But maybe. Yeah. You think he should be a dude then? So man is just being a man. I almost feel like I want to be a man. You don't want to be a man. No. Wow. Uh, Poku, Ty Jerome. Counterintuitive. Bit crutchy. It is a little counterintuitive. Certainly. (laughs) Uh, Roby is here. Yeah. You know, Lindy Waters. If you want to include him now, 
Yeah, I hope we get to see a little bit more of Oh, Lindy. I'd love to watch Lindy Waters shoot like seven threes tonight. I was going to say, uh, you know, talking about the tank race, like you obviously can't really be mad at that game against the Knicks because it was their two first-round picks just dominating. Mm-hmm. And those are the games that should make you feel great mm-hmm. about the future of this team. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were going to complain, it would be because, you know, Kenrich is playing 27 minutes and – yeah. You know, <laughs> Derek Favors playing 21 minutes. It does feel at Ty Jerome playing 19 minutes. Like yeah. it seems like they're already responding to that Knicks game with today's uh, inactive list for the Spurs game. It it does. It feels like some levers are being pulled currently. Like a quick response. Like we cannot lose to the Spurs. <laughs> we cannot beat the Spurs tonight at home. We just can't do it. <laughs> and we could. We could. We might, Andrew. They still could. Um, okay. Full rankings. Man, Poku, Ty Jerome, Vic Kretschy, Roby, Lindy Waters. Dude, second level. And to define, like a man is like, you can, you're in the NBA, great, good job. Good job, man. Um, dude, guys that could, on a playoff team, play in a pinch. Like, play a little bit of minutes here. Baisley, JRE, Muscala, Wiggins, Trey Mann, Derek Favors. Guy firmly in a playoff rotation would play for almost every single playoff team, Dort, Giddy, Kenrich, and then him, the him list is SGA. Any disagreements? List. Hopefully Giddy will be him. Hopefully they will draft another him. That would be great. Three hymns on one team. Oh my gosh. We've had it before. It's happened before here in Oklahoma city, but yeah. All right. That's the list. That's the update. If you want to know if somebody's a guy, they're, they're not. <laughs> they're not. Dort, Giddy, Kenrich. That's your, that's your guy list currently. If you disagree, let me know. If you're totally confused by this, I'm sorry. Just uh, ramp it up to two times speed. It'll make more sense. That's right. <laughs> or half speed. <laughs> Either way. Uh, all right. Anything else before we go, Al? Oh, I don't think so. Spurs game tonight. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I really want the Spurs to make the, the 10th seed because be, I think it would be very, very funny it would if be. they beat out the Pelicans and the Kings, who both <laughs> made huge moves at the deadline. That would make me laugh. Oh, a poor lot. Pels, poor Kings. Yeah, I know. It's possible. They've got. They still have good players. You know, like they thinned out their depth a little bit, but they still are good players. And if you look at like remaining strength of schedule, like the Pels are still still at the top ten. Yeah. Remaining strength of schedule, Sacramento's at six. San Antonio down at eighteenth. Here we go, Spurs. Go, Spurs, go. go. Spurs go. Get your win tonight in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Uh you you're gonna watch any of the All Star festivities? <sighs> Is that this week? Yeah, man. It's this weekend. Oh wow. It's this weekend. Jeez. Uh I for, I didn't realize it was so soon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Saturday night. Yeah, I will watch, definitely be watching. You're gonna watch Josh. Myself. You're gonna watch Josh Giddy. Um, he's gonna be in the skills competition. That's actually the most exciting part, just because they're doing the teams. I like that they have the Anadokounmpo brothers, and then they have the rookies. We'll yeah. get to see what it would have looked like if uh, OKC has had leveraged everything and had drafted Cade, Scotty, and Josh Giddy. <laughs> Gosh, wouldn't that be fun? It'd be an outrageously fun team. That would be so good. Uh, yeah, I 
I like All Star just fine. I am excited for a little break, to be honest. So. Oh, good for you. Looking Sorry, it's so tough following your favorite sport, Andrew. No, no, no. It's not that. No, no, no. <laughs> Looking forward to it. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. Especially, I, and I don't need to share this, but I've had several weeks that have just been horrific in my home with, with sickness. So to have a break that doesn't include everybody being sick would be yep. wonderful. <laughs> so, People be puking. People be puking. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our show. Thanks for tuning in on the stream. We had a good showing on the stream today. Way to go, guys. Uh, Way to go. Poppin'. Uh, Travis Cagle. Travis, I haven't seen you on the uh, on the stream in a while. Thanks for thanks for joining. Uh, Frank Terman, Way Johnson, One Phil Zoff, Daniel Ziggs, Inside Twenty Twenty, Tyler Nevins, Wes Gregg, Hoopstock Sixty Nine, Twice God, T Dot, um, Bill Larson. Got some good combos going on on the on the stream. I ain't gonna lie, so tell me why. Uh, Simon Shin, Daniel Tomasi, Jay Smith says that magic plus bird equals gaudy. Um, I don't know if that was an intentional, is that an intentional typo? Uh, Rog Thor is here. James Anderson, Ben underscore white black. Andres Gorgu is here ttm12 is here as well uh dave Perrick parker thanks so much everybody for joining you can subscribe to our youtube channel uh go to youtube.com search down to dunk hit subscribe be great uh jake aren't alex buller jack no limit thanks everybody for joining hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day trey brown and we will talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.